0: You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Interstate Batteries has been a proud supporter of the Sportsman's Nation since day one. They offer just about every battery under the sun, from car and truck batteries to batteries for your trail cameras and rangefinders select retail locations even offer cell phone repair and cracked screen repair find a local retail location at interstatebatteries.com interstate batteries outrageously dependable
1: welcome to the land and legacy podcast we're your hosts adam keith and matt dye this is your number one resource for all things
0: land if you're interested in conservation habitat management hunting strategy and rural real estate this is the podcast for you (laughs)
1: Turkeys. Let's talk right. about turkeys. Works for me. All right, guys. Welcome back. Lane and Legs podcast here. We're your hosts,
0: Adam Keith and Matt Dye. We're here. We are ready to get mm-hmm. after it. I know, honestly, kind of wrapping up a, a big trip from the East Coast, and you had a couple consults in Missouri. It's kind of a Eastern a, Missouri, yeah, heavy last couple of days, but then we're rolling just hard right into turkey season because it opens up tomorrow yeah, here in wanna, Missouri. I don't
1: want to use that term, we're rolling hard, because it's like... Oh, I was looking at turkey season to be a good break. <laughs> we don't have any cons do we have any consults booked for the next three weeks? I think we
0: consults no. Okay. There there's a there's a little a bit of work, work work things that we know yeah. we have uh ob- obligations and, and there's no new consultations yeah. that uh take a lot of additional so, office work and travel and stuff like I'm, that. I'm but.
1: hopeful that with you know, we've got food plot planning coming up, <clears throat> we've got our strat and seeds yep. sitting in the cabin ready to rock. Yep. We've got I've got fence to build on the farm for the cows, and then we got turkey season
0: and a place to close on too. Yeah, so we'll hopefully hear more about that in the few coming weeks. But yeah, it's like holy cow, this next three weeks is wild. Yeah, and I
1: my goal (laughs) my goal well first off is kill a turkey. Second off is to have all my reports done and completely caught up by the end of turkey season. So yep um you know turkey season is is getting ready to i mean we're watching the sun go down right now in my backyard sun is officially down we're looking at the sunset the next time we see that sun it's missouri turkey season that's it which is i don't even know how it got here (laughs) it's like my daughter my youngest daughter my wife and i were talking yesterday how in the world she's almost by the end of turkey season she'll be nine months old Mm -hmm. how did this happen um life time is flying by right now um but when you're on the road all the time i guess and having fun it seems to go pretty quickly yeah um turkey season man you know one of the big things that i'm excited about big shout out i guess with turkey season kicking off is that um we're using a new red dot this year Mm -hmm. um last couple of years i haven't had a red dot um, but I've always liked, I've used them in the past, scopes and red dots. And, um you know, the shotgun I've been using doesn't have one, and I didn't want to pay the money to have it fitted, what is the terminology, a gunsmith to get it all ready for a red dot when it's a pump shotgun. I'm like, nah, this is it's my. not your forever shotgun. Yeah, this isn't my forever shotgun. So we've got shotguns, but, um you know, one of our SX4. partners, one of our partners, Vortex Optics. Yep has a new red dot we've talked about it before but in case you haven't heard um the spark solar yep and it's a real simple small profile red dot you can even they've got a bracket you can use it on an ar or a shotgun we've chose to use them on our shotguns and um man i'm super pumped i shot it today of all days um gunsmith called me on friday and said we got your gun ready i'm like okay it gives me two days yeah. and i was consulting so i got it last night shot it today this afternoon and uh i'm ready to rock tomorrow so got, got the in. red dot and uh you know if you guys are interested check out vortex um yeah winchester sx4 uh-huh. um, got that thing singing and have a red dot on it and it's kind of like this is a forever turkey killing shotgun right here especially you know with that spark solar it's a forever battery too yeah it's supposed to last forever
0: for a long long time so well the other cool thing is i I like i like the um the weight distribution of that gun it's a 26 inch barrel Mm -hmm. that we both went with and like for turkey hunting um, you can swing, you can hold that gun up for a long time. If you get in a position where you're kind of forced to, you can't move. Yeah, I'd like it. The I, biggest I really complaint do. I have for that gun
1: is the forearm and the stock are a little slick to me.
0: Yeah, I think that'll I think that'll break in a little bit. I think that fresh new little grease on the on the barrel. I
1: don't know. It's just a hard plastic,
0: and and so I think. You
1: know, there's some like the Dirt Browning Duracoat, which the Duracoat. I love that and finish. so I might be doing a little DIY modification of that oh. shotgun to try to add. I've been researching a lot. So <laughs> Um Yeah. And so tomorrow is a is a it's an awesome day. It's a fun day for us and it has been for many, many years. Um it's kind of symbolic for you know uh, it has a lot of things to me and I used to I used to love it more than I love it now. Right now I look at it, this stage in my life, and I say, this is amazing. As soon as turkey season's over, it's food plot season, and we're right into summer. Ugh.
0: <laughs> I know. I I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, man, this spring is, we've actually really had a, a nice spring. Been able to yeah. enjoy cool mornings, getting up to mid-60s and stuff. And it's like, I, I love this time of the year. But um, at the end of turkey season, we're we're into May and I don't know, I feel like whenever you turn that calendar into May here in Missouri, it's like, well summer's pretty much here. Like it gets here fast. Yes. So it does. um that I'm not looking forward to. But And we with, do
1: have of course this summer for the listeners, we do have the habitat modules oh, coming yeah. up. Yeah, um, workshop wa- workshops and and the habitat module <laughs> yeah. with
0: NDA in in North Missouri. So, so we've got three events coming up. We have yep. got
1: a habitat module with uh, modular with uh, NDA Onyx. on X June 11th and 12th. Yeah, June 11th and 12th. If you want more information on that, that's the deer Alliance, de- the deerassociation conservation tab. Yep, um, and then for our stuff. Uh, the habitat workshops that's gonna be in June and July mm-hmm. and uh, we're gonna be in Michigan and Alabama and we're gonna be basically for for people trying to figure out what what really is the difference I had this conversation with the guy just yesterday I think is the difference is really. The NDA one will be more like the console, like we're gonna be scouting via map. This is what we would do. Let's look at the space space here between this food plot
0: and what could be a potential bedding area and kind and, of and reading the historical features of, of mm-hmm. that area and tying that into land evaluation and basically allowing people to get into our brain of okay, what would we do here and why? What what's yep. the why behind it? Um, so and we're then, evaluating the properties
1: yeah and then the other one is more like this is how to implement a lot of the practices mm-hmm. we recommend every week here on this podcast so
0: yep. um there is a
1: difference between the two and that's that's that uh man turkey season though um
0: it is the dawn um we're ready for it <laughs> yeah I, i'm just excited to we always we always enjoy turkey season for for obviously it being a hunting season be able to get out but there is something super special, um, and I think it's it's often talked about. Um, I think it's often misunderstood, but everyone enjoys the waking up with a spring morning. Yeah, birds chirping, and just being out.
1: Oh, they can probably hear them in the background yeah. here. Birds, the robins are singing, and mm-hmm. the cardinals are singing, and then of course the turkeys and the whippoorwills.
0: And it, it's it's an awesome experience to be out there and and just to be a part of that. Uh, waking up that that symphony and sound um because it's like it's just dependable every single morning it's gonna happen so um I look forward to that, but also just the ability to hunt with multiple people um deer hunting don't really get that that often you know no it's sometimes that solo outing um but with turkey hunting man we're gonna go chad's gonna go we're gonna have uh, we're gonna be four, buddy man, and four deep and in yep. tomorrow we always go with Seth traces i I was was thinking about that today
1: you and i haven't (coughs) hunted an opening day together in like three Uh, years or four years because you've been with seth and i've been with chad yep and uh no that that,
0: (laughs) you were talking about today you haven't hunted the opening day at your own farm in a long time it's like shoot we haven't hunted together an opening day in, in a long time either so yeah that that but that's the cool part it's like not that weather doesn't play an important factor into it, but if you got birds to chase, you can go pretty much any day, um, obviously with uh, schedules permitting. But you just go out and, and hang out and cover some ground and interact with the birds. It's, uh, I don't know, it's just fun. Yeah, for us, you know,
1: it's tomorrow's kind of a symbolic day because of the fact that you know when I was talking to Chad. I haven't hunted an opening day at my farm in years Mm -hmm. because the last, since we started Land of Legacy in 2017, this is, so that's three springs now. This is going to be the fourth spring, right? Nope. 17, 18, yeah, yeah, this will be the fifth spring. So the last four springs, we've been hunting the farm in Lebanon, Missouri. Right off the bat. Right off the bat, or at least I have. You've right. been hunting with Seth over on his place, yep. And uh, and so I haven't hunted that. And then years prior, you know, my story. I've been I was filming for the Growing Deer Show, and I was filming for Dury Outdoors, and so um, that was a span of six or seven springs. And so I haven't spent opening day in in at my family farm in at least ten. 11 years since college mm-hmm. and well and then you know even in college I, ca- I I can't remember if I ever skipped classes on opening day to go hunting I'm sure I did I just don't remember it so I'm not sure and then so the other s- symbolic side of it is going back 10 11 years um, most likely opening day was spent on my family farm. Mm-hmm. And now with Chad and I acquiring the the neighboring property, that's where we're planning on hunt tomorrow. It'll be our first official hunt opening day turkey season on our own piece of ground that we bought. And so that's going to be kind of, I don't know, a little joyful. Well, I sure. guess a little exciting. Like, I would then, hope it would be. But <laughs> the thing that's I think the thing that i most that's most exciting about it, yeah, owning the farm is is very cool. But I think the thing that's most exciting is the fact that we haven't hunted there in the last four years. Not because we didn't want to, but because the population was struggling because of really poor hatches um, over some very wet springs. And so we just didn't have a lot of birds. What birds were there, we certainly didn't want to shoot them. Now mm-hmm. we've taken my dad there and he's killed a bird and two, but we okay.
0: haven't really hunted, what, hunted that much. What, like two maybe in the last four years, something like yeah. two or three something maybe. Like that. Very very little bit of yeah. hunting pressure there.
1: Now the last time that you, Chad, and myself hunted the harm farm hard <laughs> would have been
0: twenty sixteen. Yeah. Twenty sixteen. I'd have to imagine it was then. And, that was and a man, wonderful that was a spring. I mean, there's a you, lot of turkeys. You tagged
1: out. I tagged out. Chad tagged yeah. out. My dad tagged out. Now, I don't think you killed. I,
0: don't, I didn't kill. No, I killed one at my where my parents lived in Missouri. I killed That's one. That's right. Um, but yeah, that, I mean, that was still what seven turkeys. That would've been seven. Yeah. If all of them were well, I did. Yeah. I think Chad yeah, yeah. killed one at a Lebanon. At Lebanon. Yeah. Still, I think I think it was six turkeys. Though. That's, sound, yeah, that's sounding That's sounding right. Six turkeys <laughs> off that off that
1: piece of ground. Man, there was a lot of birds. Even when season ended, there was still oh, a yeah, lot of yeah. birds. Yeah. And then right after that, the population dropped pretty significantly. It seemed like, and so
0: it's kind of that. Mm, hmm. Maybe I. You know, don't need to fill that second tag, or maybe I just yeah. need to sit back and watch, or or, or we'll you know, take try the, and hunt. We kind elsewhere. of live by the.
1: We're gonna take dad there. We might, depending on if the season really. Uh, if if there's still birds gobbling and like, oh, okay, there's more birds than we thought based on pre, pre-season scouting. Chad and I hunted there last year kind of just to get a temperature of what's going on. And we heard several birds, so it was kind of like, okay, maybe next year's going to be good. And it certainly indicates that there's a lot of birds around.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and they've been... Very present on cameras as well. Yeah. Um, gotten some pretty cool. I know Chad said he's got some pretty cool videos. And then we've been getting pictures daily, seems like, of, of multiple groups of longbeard strutting hens and then a couple yep. singles and stuff floating around. So it's like, oh, they're, I mean, they're there. And so it'll just, honestly, what what will be neat is just to sit there and watch the, listen to the woods wake up. Um, just to try and pinpoint how many birds are there. hmm because, yeah. because there's there's been a lot of work that's happened. And that's part of the story of, of the filming is like there's been a ton of stuff that has changed over the course of four years or, or when we were had that very successful season and then kind of, you know, let's say backed off a little bit, a lot of work. And then now we're seeing the benefits of, you know, a, a less hunting pressure as well as improved habitat and of response in game populations both turkey and deer um, but it's just cool to see that <clears throat> when you commit to doing something man there's a response yeah. a positive response that's really a, probably a good intro into the next the other podcast for this week but you're talking in it about the the last time you had hunted opening day there at your guys' family farm 10, 11 years or more? At least 11. So at least 11. And I'm thinking, <coughs> when's the last time... So I just got back from the trip to Virginia and worked there pretty much all week. And I can't remember the last time that I had hunted Virginia turkey. Oh. I mean, it had been 7 I or thought, 8 I years. was thinking
1: you had hunted when you were out there, at least with your dad or your brother.
0: I don't... I don't know if it, if it all lined up right. I mean, I think I had I'd waterfowl hunted one day since Land and Legacy started, but I had not turkey hunted, and so anyhow, it, it worked out well that with my the abbreviated like school schedules and stuff, my brother's a teacher, we're able to go out um, one morning and he tagged a bird, my dad tagged a bird, and I was fortunate enough to to tag a bird as well. And so it was like, wow it 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 kind of brought back the memories of chasing longbeards and uh old Dominion state, which was which was cool and not far from or mm. either farms I had hunted in the past or a new farm. Um, so yeah, it was it was super super cool yeah. to be able to kind of relive that that moment uh, again. That's why I I really do enjoy turkey season so much. Yeah, let's throw the vest in, have some camo and boots, and go. Well, like, did you take your easy. vest? To out there? I took my vest. Okay, that's all I took, and and uh, clothes. Your Oh, I did, I did have yeah, my clothes. Yeah, 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 But pants and a shirt and yeah, yeah. The minimalist approach.
1: <laughs> I was gonna say, boy, the vest would have been a little oh, carry it? on it.
0: No, I checked the bag. Oh, okay, i I'd, I'd had a big I had a big luggage gotcha deal, uh, so I I did check a bag because that the frame, if that's not the frame pack, but like. It's kind of rigid like, vest. Boy, that's kind yeah. of going to be tough. Um, yeah.
1: Chad, actually, why we're doing this podcast, Chad is trying he's to roost birds. birds. Yeah. What do he to says, uh, you know, the one that he. Yeah. So earlier pre-show, he's, he's on a bird. That bird's yet to gobble. Another bird gobbled uh, at his owl screen uh, towards the. <laughs> this is a little difficult for locals that listen to this, but towards Shimpal Ridge. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then uh, he went to Paradise Point, and there's one goblin. So there's one goblin, uh, almost a blackjack, mm-hmm. and another one at Horseshoe Bend. Oh, wow. And then he set it to Ruby to try to get this other one to gobble up towards yep. four corners. So, That's awesome. Yeah, it sounds like he's seen several. I know. We, we've we gotten, it basically gonna, seems like the right cha- now there's... We're going to
0: change names of these places every three years. <laughs> No kidding. <laughs> yeah. Um it's so a confused aspect. Well, like I, I said to you
1: like you know, we, we since we started this there's been kind of two farms. Right, right. And you know, we've called one one thing, we called another one the other thing, and now we're going to like we're kind of like
0: jumbled it all It's up. all
1: one farm now. Like yeah. let's think of a name that represents the whole place. Maybe I'll ask the the listeners if you can think of a name that would fit this farm it's the it's my family they've farm never, they've never seen it <laughs> and then it's the prairie hollow property farm yep. and so both of those are merging to be one farm and that's kind of what we're going to call it from here on out and uh so yeah prestige worldwide i was thinking about calling it paradise valley then i'm like paradise valley paradise valley how do i know that name paradise valley and i think that's from yellowstone the oh, more i maybe. thought about it
0: who knows? i, I I don't so, Wouldn't pick up on that, but anyway, it, it could be cool. Yeah. Well, that's, so, that's exciting to know he's got you he's know got we, several options. There. Our, our
1: cameras have picked up a group of three here and a group of three there and a group of two there and a solo there and and it's kind of like and Dad's seen two there and I've seen mm-hmm. four there and it's like there's a whole bunch of birds probably just floating shifting around, around floating uh, yeah. around. Yep. And the trick is, yep. how do you how do you create a habitat features or things things to draw them into you during that part of the season and i mean we've utilized prescribed fire heavily to do this and and
0: not only prescribed fire but prescribed fire with objectives not only for turkeys but for deer as well yeah and multiple vegetation types um that prescribed fire was used on so it's it's not just you know enough to say well there's there's you know Something's burned, there was smoke in the air. It's more important than that. It's where and how. Yeah. What are the other features around it? Like, can a bird get to it? Uh, do they want to spend time there? Is Is there strut zones there? Sure, it's decent bugging opportunities, but, but there's they just flew past, past you, Yeah. some Canadian geese. But, you know, it is. does it make sense for a bird, basically, to be there? And can you approach it? Can you hunt it? Yeah. Where's the roost site from here? Yep. So I'm there, excited to get to out there in the morning. Yeah, I can do it. It's supposed to be chilly. Oh, 36, I think. Clear though. Um, and then then warm it up light. to the First light is
1: 606, okay? Cool. And uh, at 606, 606 tomorrow morning, it is supposed to be
0: um, 38. All oh, right. I like I like that morning. Clear too? Correct? Coming no, in? No. Partly really? cloudy. Oh, okay. Tomorrow's going to be
1: cloudy. Huh. Wait. Take that back.
0: Not today. Tomorrow's Monday.
1: Yeah. It For some reason, it kicked me back. Huh. No. Clear. 37, 36 at daylight. Yeah, that's what I thought. Five I like mile it. an hour wind. Oof. 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 It's going to be dynamite. It's going to be loud. But yeah. I have that audio Ooh. cranked. Ooh. Cool. No that not turkey. <laughs> yeah. Turkey. That's my <laughs> oldest daughter. I've been trying to teach her what a hen says and she says she refuses. I No. no. Not. She refuses. That not turkey. <clears throat> that turkey. So
0: a couple hunts. Yeah, from from Virginia. Um the first one that 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 transpired successfully, there I had a we day got between three of them. Yep. Give me the give me the good parts of each. So had a day in between consulting, but had duties in the morning, um, had to take care of nephew. So didn't go first thing in the morning, had to take yeah. him into school, this and that. And um, went out mid-morning with dad, checked the fields, like, hey, didn't really hear birds over here the, the morning before with my brother, let's go check a field. And it was a cut cornfield um, that had been cover cropped in, in rye. And great elevation changes, kind of in the field so it allowed you just to be able to sneak and peek. And, and sure enough, there's this big kind of wooded point uh, right in the middle of the field, this island. And um, down this little valley, forty yards off a wood line, big timber on the on the wood, around this field, pretty much. There's a bird, just full strut, hen and a Jake, and um, kind of made the game. What time plan. is it? At that point, it's ten fifty gotcha. in the morning. So full sun. Fifty-five degrees. Oof, nice, beautiful day. Red buds were blooming. I mean, it's just gorgeous. Rye was green as a gourd. Okay, so he's this out there is shining. what part of Virginia? Northern Virginia.
1: All right, Northern Virginia. April fourteenth, fourteenth, fifteenth. Where are you guys at, based on spring green up? compared to where we're at here equivalent basically the same. Exact same can't tell the difference no red buds are as brilliant as they get with yep. just little bitty green leaves green streets to form. are wanting to come out yeah yeah and the dogwoods are like as Gorgeous. pretty as they're going to get they've just peaked
0: perfect yeah. perfect so it was extremely equivalent and mo- most springs are pretty pretty equivalent like in the timing yeah. um a few variances but very identical in what it looks like because we're up. on that same latitude <laughs> correct yeah latitude yep. Are very I similar. say Virginia is just a little bit well. This location, Virginia is just a little bit north of where we're at. Yeah. But um, anyhow, yeah, yeah. So it was same same green up, ten fifty. Spot the bird, and where this where this high point in the field is, where we were able to look at, um, there's an island of timber, and where we spotted the bird from was a little saddle that's in the in the open field portion but about 45 yards or so away from the edge of the timber. And so the game plan was, let's swing back to that island, um, get my dad set up, and I'm going to crawl a hen decoy out to the lip of this ridge, which is pretty much the top end of the saddle, so about 30, 35 yards from my dad's location. I was able to crawl out there. In, in the rye, you know, it's a foot and a half, two foot tall. So I was able to pretty much crawl through it, mm. stick that decoy up, and make sure that they could see it. How wet did you get doing that? With, well, that late in the morning, it wasn't that wet. So I was fine. Gloves got oh, a little wet. Good.
1: I think about crawling through a cover crop field during turn yeah. like
0: somebody's getting soaked. Likely <laughs> it was late morning, full sun, and, and it dried out. But stuck the hen decoy out and just backed up a little bit. Peered up, got on my knees, and was just watching birds through uh through the binos called at him hen popped his head up looked 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 kind of put it back down made a 180 and started coming back because when i stuck the hen decoy out there it kind of just had shifted and we're headed towards the timber so she turned I was like oh that's a good sign hit her again got a little bit more aggressive some cuts and um picked up the pace started coming gobbler swings around mouth calling mouth call Yep. yeah gobbler swings around just kind of, of course he's following her and then the Jake watched that bird kind of started drifting up back up to the timber away from obviously our location. And I was like, well, that's interesting I like I like that so at that point I backed off, went a little bit further um down the ridge line from my dad and so I would have a little bit more of a direct line behind that decoy to call those birds in. So I kept on the call, and then sure enough, here comes the hen. I hear her call, and she responded, just meow, 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 meop, and just stayed, you know, aggressive, quick responses back to that bird to kind of, let's say, throw a little bit of uh, intimidation and uh, aggravate that hen to make sure she would commit, and soon enough, here comes this gray head, pops up over top the ridge, right in between my dad and the decoy. I'm like, okay, well, that's the hen. Perfect. I can just see her coming through through the rye. And um, she gets to the decoy and does not like it one bit, flogs the decoy. Um, really? Oh, yeah. It was really cool. And you can hear um, her doing her just soft little clucks purrs right, right in and around. So I'm thinking, well, that is fantastic. That gobbler has got to be in tow like any time now. We're going to see a fan pop over top of this little ridge. In the field, and and here he comes, right? Well, it was like four minutes past, and she's getting now a little less interested in the decoy, and she got aggressive enough with it that she actually knocked it off the stake, and um, I decided to, because she was losing a little bit of interest, I just called right back and did kind of transition, some clucks into a fighting purr, and that just riled her up, and then here comes a bird. You just hear her gobble just over top of that ridge. Pow! Okay, he's really, really close. She kind of sucked my way a little bit, and here comes the turkey, actually the gobbler down in the saddle. So he's probably 40, 45. And the field was, the dad was kind of on the high side, wide open field. Now the hen decoy is knocked off the stake, so oh, geez. and 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 he the bird, you know, it's downhill, kind of looking. What so, kind of decoy? It was uh, it was the Avian X. Oh, okay. But so your I mean, dad sh- has one. No, my brother has one. Okay, gotcha. So I borrowed it from him. And yeah. so he, <clears throat> so, so the gobbler swings through that saddle at 45, but my dad's like, there was no there's no point of reference anymore. So he's like, I don't really know how far that bird is. It's very difficult for him to judge. And I'm sitting there thinking, as the hen is now working directly my way, and I'm just tucked on the edge of the woods, like, she's 10 yards. And I'm like, oh, no. It's about to go. It's it, it's it's either it's about make or break. To go down. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, I'm like, Dad, please shoot that bird. And he's full strut, gobbles back and forth a little bit, um, right there, and just kind of pivoting, just putting on a show. Bright, bright sun. I mean, it's gorgeous in that uh, in that ride. Just beautiful contrast. And he got a little less interested. Made his way, kind of turned and started going back. Why down did he the get south. less interested? Well, because he didn't see the other hen, Gotcha. and that one hen was, was she was kind of working, well, she was literally six yards from me at that point, yeah. and working away from him, yeah. and he's like, well, there's no other hen, so he turned and started going back down the original bit, and I was like, okay, I I think my dad thinks that it's too far, and I'm yeah. sitting there with the hen six yards from me trying to say, shoot him, and I'm 15 yards from <laughs> my dad, I'm like, yeah. oh no, don't let this thing get out of here, don't let it get out of here. And, um, so the only thing for me to do was try and get that gobbler just a little more interesting. It was super risky, obviously with a hen six yards from me. Yeah. So I was like, well, it's again, do or die situation. So I just cut back at the hen, um, aggressive. And then she got calling right back to me and just really, really investigating the edge of that woods hard. And it was just enough to make him turn and come a little bit closer. And, um, he stuck his head up just enough. And I was like... It's now or never, Dad, shoot him. And it's like he's close enough. And he shot and Bart Didn't even flop. Walked it off his thirty five yards the whole time. It's like, son of a gun. That's awesome. <laughs> but um that was the first hunt that, that we'd had um together since Missouri when they lived out here and um so that was that was super fun and probably the latest bird he's ever killed in a morning at that time it was 11:10 or something about that the old way no the old way no when it, he was it, out here in Missouri he's like why well, don't you hunt yeah till 8 30 or nine it's like why don't you hunt later That's generous that is generous <laughs> when a bird but pretty much puts its feet on the ground after fly down it's like well yeah. he's about done if for the day if he flies and his feet <laughs> face the other way then I'm done for the I'm day I'm done for the day <laughs> I got work to go do I got to go piddle so yeah. yeah no he uh he he well, it, I guess the whole thing was it. It really was a 20 minute hunt. <laughs> yeah, like what, it, do you, what do you got to do, Wayne? Those dicks aren't going to whittle themselves. All right. <laughs> <No, sorry. laughs> <laughs> uh, so it was great. We 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 made the most of of an hour to hunt cuz season, season goes out each day for the first couple weeks of season at, at noon. So, um oh, got gotcha. Killed the bird and went back home, cleaned it, and then um so the, I guess the takeaway from that one essentially is don't, don't be afraid. To, don't be afraid to call back at a hen or call, well, try to call a hen in. I mean, I, yeah, totally. I, we, we had seen birds and knew they were going to be hinned up. Um, this farm in particular has always had good good bird populations, um, and we had heard some on the roost the morning before, um, on a quick roost hunt, and they gobbled decent on the limb. I mean, decent. That was probably generous. And um, pitched down and pretty much didn't say a word after that. Yeah. I was like, okay, they're gonna be hinned up, but they're you know giving that bird time. This will kind of correlate into the third hunt. Sometimes there are situations where you just need to read that activity between a gobbler and a hen, and that intensity that that they're essentially you know having back and forth. Like, is she interested in him or is he just interested in her? And yeah. so sometimes that that approach is either try and pull him off or try and call her in. And this one. Being able to have eyes on her on that first response, what did she do to to me calling and potentially her seeing that hen on the on the ridge top? Um, well, that was a good first response. So knew we were pretty much in the chips at that point. It was just going to be you know, was it going to come together? Were they going to close the distance? Eventually, they did, and it worked out wonderful. But you got it, you got to try, obviously, in a situation like that. But keep in mind terrain, topography, and the way birds are going to approach. So that one worked out wonderfully. The next morning, my brother, he had a a late conference um, that morning before work, or excuse me, at at work, and so he's like, I've got, I I can hunt the roost, and that is it. And this is the day in between, um, no, no, excuse me, this is the morning before I had to go to to Pennsylvania, so it was going to be a quick hunt. Anyhow, my dad went with me. And, and my brother met us up there different farm uh, I had never hunted this farm new new farm that my cousin had uh, had leased out um, for um, crops and my dad has worked it several several days like man there's always turkeys up there 400 some acres only a couple of wood blocks on it not that big it's like well I guess we'll go and listen here we're in between a couple um, blocks of timber we're gonna be able to hear birds first thing on the, on the limb from either on either side of of that location. Let's just go there and listen. Sure enough, get there, bird start gobbling. Right off the bat, kind of forced to be, okay, do we go aggressive or do we hold back? Because with the property being so open and these smaller wood blocks, basically we had one bird gobbling close to the edge of one of the wood blocks, and then, I don't know, 300, 400 yards down the the edge of the field in the same timber block. There was four or five other birds in this block. And it was like, we could call this bird in. That's a goblin right here. Or we could be aggressive and try and use a little bit of the cover right along the edge of the field and get in between. And kind of made the ultimate decision. I would much rather be in between goblin turkeys than try and just pull this one single bird Yeah, and put all my chips there. Although it was going to be easier to get out, since we had to leave early to call the one bird in that was close to the edge where we first started. We were aggressive and uh, tried try to slide past. Honestly, I f- firmly believe we spooked that first bird. We got yeah. set up no more gobbles, and I'm like I think I think he silhouetted us on the edge of the field, but we had to get in my opinion we had to get past to get really in the middle, because I didn't know exactly if it was three birds, four birds, maybe five birds, in this other portion, um, but chances were better being you know more centrally located between these two these two groups of birds, and so um, got set up. My brother, because he did have to leave, put him on the field edge, looking right at the right down the field. My dad and I got set up just interior, probably ten yards in the woods, kind of looking more into the wood block where the birds were gobbling and roosted from. Started calling, had good responses. They were gobbling back, pitched down pretty quickly, and um, they stayed gobbling, which was which was good. Sometimes, again, early season, they've got lots of hens, and they get quiet. But I only heard one hen call, and they stayed gobbling. But they did not come right in. And this, it's super unique to to some areas in Virginia that I've seen and worked or just grew up in. But it's upland land, but it's heavier clay. And so you, in this upland site, you'll have, like, these lower depressions, and water sits in there. Hmm. And so you get tons of that, like greenbrier growth and the greenbrier right now is just starting to pop and leaf out so as you're looking out in front of us it's just a little thick but it's flat and so it's it's you could only go so far off the field edge or you could for sure bust other birds and so we had to sit where we had to sit and these birds again they pitch down they don't come in but they're out eighty to a hundred yards for 20 30 minutes. Gobbling really good, responding, but just stayed patient because we knew that this is either, they're going to either come through the timber or they're going to come out to the field edge at some point and see the decoys that my brother had set out and, and work right in. So just stay on the birds. But what I did do was change up the intensity of calling. So being in the timber, I use the wing a lot for scratching. And then yeah. I also pulled out the old uh, cluck and purr pot, and really worked that over. The soft clucks, soft purrs. When those birds, I knew those birds were eighty to a hundred yards. I thought a couple times I could, I could hear spitting and drumming, but they gobbled back every single time I hit that. And I don't know, five ten minutes later after pulling that call out and doing a couple sequences. I'm sitting at the same tree as my dad we're looking into the timber and he goes Matt bird in the field right here and he's 10 yards off the field edge but can't swing and it's there's a long beard coming right down the field edge right to my brother comes in flogs the decoy and he ends up shooting the bird in the field but what was wonderful about it is the opportunity to, when you are hunting with a group Set people up for the multiple different scenarios that don't put all your 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 chips in in into one um one situation because we didn't know if these birds would have come out to the field or come right off the limb right to my dad, so it worked out wonderfully um and two the soft calling I'm convinced finish those birds out no. i think it's i think a lot of people miss – They misread birds Um, in the distance. It's like sometimes when birds are coming in and they get to that, let's say, hang-up range, that's 60 to 100 yards, you don't need to excite them anymore. I think where people fail is that they try and rip on a call, and that volume of call when that bird is only that or not that far away really throws off a turkey. When they're gobbling or calling naturally to one another, they know where that other bird's at, like to a T. They can tell you the yeah. daggum tree. They know how far that bird is. And so when you sit there and you try and intensify things to finish a bird out, really puts them actually on edge. And so switching to a call, I still have the mouth call in, of course, but just pulling out the clock and purr pot that will really put the volume on a much lower uh, decibel. I mean, sometimes I'm like, I don't know if I'm close enough to a bird on the limb to even use it. They're going to hear it. Yeah. But in that situation with that green briar cover high enough, I could pull that thing out, work it. And I knew the bird was 80 to a hundred yards away. Had no fear of seeing that ultimately finished it out. And there was actually another bird on the way after my brother shot, we saw it kind of, kind of go off. So both two, two of the birds further deeper in that wood block did come out and, and, uh, kind of commit to the situation. Hmm. So that was wonderful. Um yeah. fun hunt. Quick. It was done by seven fifteen. Yeah. Um and then brother got got on to school. So then worked in Pennsylvania, worked in Virginia a couple of days. And then the last day, um had a situation where the landowner was extremely gracious. It said Matt come and hunt and um got set up on a bird or where third birds were gonna be on a big large point on this on this timber from uh turkey hunter very seasoned um, that have been hunting this property said go here those birds actually didn't end up gobbling this bird was farther deeper into the property. Assumed it had pitched down to a food plot and got calling to the bird and gobbling back extremely good. Like half half-note sequence of, of yelps, and he was cutting me off kind of thing. Mm. Like, oh, this is wonderful. Yeah, but I, think what he, I like birds like this. I love birds like that. So um, not knowing the property extremely well, knowing that there's a little bit of a creek. So once he did that, though, once once he cut
1: you off, did you just say, okay, enough of the call, and I'm done? No. That's what you should have done. <laughs> <laughs> don't, sure. Don't over-call.
0: Yeah, yeah. So... I was on that ridge, bird was across little bottom, there's a food plot on the other side of the bottom, and the bird had been roosted on the opposing ridge. And I think by now, the time I'd gotten up to it, it had pitched down as in in the edge of the food plot or in the food plot, and cutting me off. And I, I will say this, with the intensity that he was cutting me off, and it's kind of open across that bottom, I did say, I'm not going closer, even though I had plenty of distance to give, yeah. Based on how open it was, I said, well, this is a likely place a bird could get called into. I'm going to set up shop here first off. And I did that. And he continued to kind of cut me off with, with good intensity. So I, at that point, after two or three, I mean, maybe it was more like three or four sequences of getting set up, calling to him, I decided I'm going to get cold, quiet for a little bit. And I did that. He stopped gobbling. And I said, well, he's either coming. Or he's not moving. So I just sat there and sat there for 10, 12 minutes. Nothing. And I'm looking hard to see. Because that that, that could be a very typical response of a bird. Shut up and, and yep. starts coming. I didn't see him. Didn't yeah, see they're him. not gobbling because they're trying to watch their feet to get to you. Correct, correct. So I thought that was the scenario. Because they're not smart enough to chew, gobble, <laughs> chew bubble gum and walk. No, no. And then try and gobble with bubble gum. It don't work. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, maybe that's what makes them gobble like that, have that rattle in there. I don't know. Maybe. Um, so then I called. A little, started a little bit softer just in case he had closed the distance some. Um, and he gobbled back and he was still right there in that food plot. And I was like, okay, I think I know what's going on. I figured at that point he had a hen with him. But maybe the hen wasn't quite as interested. Or he had just recently gobbled up that hen as I thought, as I was getting, you know, set up on that ridge. So I said, yeah. all right, fine. I'll cut the distance. I cut the distance, got set up as pretty, as, as tight to the field as I could based on the cover that was available. Set out a hen decoy and soft called as I got set up, gobbled right back hard. Yeah. And, and then that was kind of like, okay, I feel like I'm in that bubble. You know, that that distance where it's like, you're kind of forced to come and check it out. Yeah. Like you, you, you're, you're right there. Or I was going to irritate the hen that I thought might have been there in the field. In the field, and so I called soft call, and he gobbled right back. I, it might have been two or three minutes after that. I heard. Zoom. I'm like, oh yeah. The sound I can't hear. You can't hear either sound of that. I hear the spit, hear the spit when spit? they're close. I well, cannot this, hear the drum. Those birds close, and I was probably 50, 50 yards from the edge of the field, the food plot, and there's a road that came obviously, in and out of that food plot, and I was in a in a little open strip um, between that, so I figured, it was like hey, if he can get there, you'll see the decoy commit. He got like very close to that, and I couldn't see him, because uh, I had a couple briar patches in the way. And then he drifted back off the food plot. Now, he he stayed close. I could hear him spit and drum for five minutes, and I just kind of shut up. And then he drifted back up to the food plot. I'm like, that commit. It was kind of a narrow pinch with that road and everything coming out of the food plot. I was like, eh, he maybe just didn't like that. Yeah. Or there is a hen. Yep. So once he had drifted farther back, I knew I could come back into the timber a little bit and loop around and utilize the hedgerow and the yeah. food plot edge to get closer. So I did that, moved up, and there's this beautiful long beard, full strut in the food plot, and of course, a hen. And um, I watched that bird and the hen for. 30 minutes, just yeah. right there behind the, the, the fence row. And here's where I think, I don't know if I, it, it worked out right, so I'm going to say this was the right call. But I sat there and watched the the two of those birds kind of interact. The hen never really seemed interested. She was simply just feeding around in that food plot. Yeah. She was not really interacting. He was keeping a, a, a 10, 15-yard distance away from her. You know, he was sitting there spinning on the highest point in that food plot. Occasionally he would gobble because there was another hen close. That was me. Um, but he sat there and just watched, gobbled, strutted, as she picked around for a half hour. And then it got to a point where she kind of made a direction to the north-northeast and left the food plot pretty pretty quickly. Um, and then I saw the demeanor of that gobbler changed too. He had been just Whitehead just very intense strutting. Yeah. She kind of was leaving the field pretty quickly, making her way out, and he dropped strut and he started going east. And I'm like, "Well, here it is. Here's here's the chance." Mhm. I said the game the game's up a little bit. So, I watched him walk out of the field and all that happened at 65 yards. 65-70 yards. And I'm like, "Oof." That was a beautiful show, but the, game, the game's not over yet. So I watched him walk out, Thick cover. I backed out to where I'd left the decoy and vest at, picked all that stuff up, and um, I looped around to, there's an old horse trail through there, looped around to that and called again when I got further back away and immediately pow, hammered back. I was like, sweet. But he hadn't really left the food plot edge too far. And that gave me just enough time to close 50 more yards distance. I got up and um, kind of cut the distance to where I thought that he was heading, which mm-hmm. would have been the most likely place, which yeah. actually was the ridge top that I originally called from. He was heading angling up that way. So I got to a place I was like, well, this is as close as I can get and it's kind of where this horse trail and a logging road kind of came together. I just grabbed the decoy real quick, stuck it out literally two yards from me. My gun was pretty much over top of the hen, just as a a point of reference for him to check out, look for, if he came in. And I soft called, just as soft as I could. And I heard, no gobble. And that one was super, super close and I was like, Okay. Here's this this is where it's gonna come down to can I get a shot? Because a bird was within fifty. Coming through a little bit of thicker stuff, kind of a I mean, way back when overgrown fields. So it was kind of cedary, blackberry ish stuff. Yeah. Melted into like a little maple bottom before it got up on that big ridge. And I heard the spit and drum and then 20 seconds after that he gobbled. And it was one of those you know late season when they get in tight and they're like okay where are you at and they just really hammer. Mm-hmm. It was it was that gobble. I'm like okay now I I know this bird is obviously really interested. I didn't just cut him off. He's wanting to come and figure out where this hen is. <laughs> A minute or two after that I heard another spit and I see the fan psh- And he strutted actually kind of through this little bit of thicker stuff. And Harry had the gun up, and he's 40 yards. He gobbled again, saw that. And I was like, okay, there's no, I'm just trying to pick shooting windows. And he took a few more steps, clucked and stopped and shot him. But walked up there, and he had some really nice, really nice hooks on that bird. Yeah. Um, But I think the takeaway from that one. I could have been super aggressive in the food plot, but I knew that that game between the real hen and him was only going to last so long. Yep. And I think a lot of people, if you don't have that visual side of things, a decoy present, which I had to leave my decoy back to be able to move up and utilize that hedgerow, it's kind of a mute point. I don't think that you're going to get a bird in a food plot to really come off of a hen that's only an 80-yard wide food plot if you don't have some sort of visual situation or appeal in the game. And so I sat back and just watched them. And so comparatively speaking to the bird that my dad harvested, that hen was very interested with that gobbler working, leading him around, opposed to – this hen was just out feeding, and he was just trying to make her play along to his game. And so, instead of getting to the food plot edge and really calling and hammering and trying to get him to, pu- you know, come and pull over there, I was like, "I'm just gonna sit tight. I'm just gonna enjoy the show, and then when it's time, I'm gonna get in position and and, and actually get where I need to and and finish this bird out." And that's what happened. That's what that's what ended up working out. But um, yeah, 65, 70 yards away, you can see and experience a lot of cool stuff, turkeys. Obviously, I can see them there spitting drum and gobble and full full strut for 30 minutes, um, which was fun. Don't always get to see that in a timber type of hunt. Usually, it's come, commit to the call, and the show yeah. doesn't last that long. So, w- that was su- super enjoyable um, and very grateful for, for that landowner to be able to um, extend that opportunity to me. So. Um, that was, that was Virginia. I I was pleasantly surprised though at the number of turkeys, every single hunt, heard birds and called birds in the first day that my brother had, we called in two jakes twice, the same same two, but, but the other, other days, I mean, full of turkeys and full of gobbling action. (laughs) And honestly, it was. A pleasant surprise because I I had gone many springs in Virginia um, without that type of intensity of a week one for sure. Yeah, uh, I mean we we were seeing hearing five six seven eight birds on the limb mm. everywhere we went. I was like, well I I like that. Yeah, That's wonderful. No That's great. Kinda, kind of kind of the uh, opposite from what a lot of people have seen over the past ten years in certain regions but um yeah. they're they're great farms. Um obviously there's work to be done on all of them, but still there's good turkey population, so I was I was happy. I'm ready for Missouri now too. I, I was very fortunate to be able to get a little bit of a jump start and have that um time between some consultations to get out and proximity to where I grew up is... Very nice. Yeah. (laughs) Like 20 20 minutes away.
1: Chad, whenever you sent that first (coughs) picture or whatever that you killed one, he goes, where's Matt at? And I said, Virginia. He goes, oh, is he just out? I said, no, he's got some consults lined up out there. And he goes, oh, I didn't realize this season, too. And I said, yeah, it's funny how that one worked out, (laughs) isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, very funny. (laughs) No, sir. No, sir, client. We don't have anything. The Anything opening. available is the first week of season. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> no, no, it, yeah. it
0: did it worked out wonderfully. And um it was well, I think one of the first posts I made when my dad harvested that bird, it was um just being able to enjoy a hunt with family. I know you, you love getting out with your dad, um and trying to get him a, a turkey hunt a turkey um I, in the I love
1: the idea of taking my dad and going turkey hunting with him <laughs> <laughs> sounds, sounds great usually when we're there i'm like this was a terrible idea he's still stuck in his ways <laughs> yep. Yep. he still thinks he's gonna run this this ship <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> yeah no it is a lot of fun though um for sure um you know, it, it is interesting how things have changed over time of, of hunting styles. Uh, I saw a quote today that was talking about, um, you know, each person living in in like right now. We're setting, we're 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 passing on the torch. We're not only representing our sport, but we're also representing it not just to the other people of our age that are that are that are right there in the middle of it, but helping impact the next generation, the youth hunters, mm-hmm. um, and, and what turkey hunting will be to them. And so I think, like, even just the social media pictures that you post, the way you talk about the season yeah. is all impactful. And so, you know, as turkey season progresses, I, I just like you said, I think turkey season is just about fam- just as much about family traditions as it is about well, taking, an, uh, taking an animal.
0: Yeah, like, I... I I really remember some of my first memories of turkey season itself was when my dad would come home successfully. Yeah. Like I remember and I still go through hunting albums sometimes when I go home to my parents house um and look it's like okay whenever the azaleas in the yard were blooming like on a Saturday morning dad yeah. was gone. Uh-huh. He was turkey hunting. Yeah. And and then about breakfast time he'd come back and uh, we'd all take pictures out front and yeah. in front of Same the azaleas and my dad there's a, a dead turkey, in, you know, in the yard. And that's yep. just what I remember, you know, the spring mornings being like. So it was always part of that um, that upbringing for me. And, and now, you know, being obviously 16 hours away from family, that opportunity to hunt with them doesn't happen much. But then when you can do it and be successful, and then, too, when, you know, I had I, I mentioned that my uh, we had to take my nephew to school. We had to go pick him up, too. And so by the time, like through all that, it was like this weird moment that I had of he comes back to the house and there we are, dad and I clean a turkey. Yeah. And it was like, wow, that's interesting. And so yeah. then the last day when I turkey hunted, um, my other nephew, he was staying with uh, my parents and I came back to the house and had turkey and we're all you know sitting there talking about you know the different types of feathers the beard spur length and the hunt and um i was like hey you want a biology lesson it talked about you know the breast sponge the the crawl the gizzard and all this stuff he's just sitting there amazed asking all these questions yeah. just like i was doing however many years ago with my dad and he was showing me all these cool things it's like yeah. wow that kind of hit me for a moment like Thanks. Some some roles have changed, but yeah. what 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 stays the same is that that interest, um, and then the opportunity to share. So I think it's I think it's important that you remember that these are opportunities to share. They're not necessarily important life lessons, but they're things that for me and I know for you, they had long and big lasting effects in our own lives, and it was like. Well, this is what Dad did, so or this is what my uncle did. I want to do the same kind of stuff. Yeah, for sure.
1: Man, so, in this day and age, I think cool. more and more people are looking for ways to get outside and then unplug. Yeah. So, Absolutely. yeah, I, I, I know it's awesome here. You had success out there, and you know it's getting darker and darker and darker. And so we're gonna wrap these podcasts yep. up and be ready to kick it off in the morning. I encourage Binary. everybody to. Check out our social media page mm-hmm. for constant pictures, updates, and then also our YouTube channels. We share some hunts and um, more things to come over there. So check them out at YouTube, Land, and Legacy. And, uh, man, hopefully join us next week. We'll have more hunting stories and more strategy and also more habitat stuff.
0: I feel pretty confident we will. I feel pretty <laughs> Even if
1: we recorded tomorrow night, I feel like yeah. we have a good story. That's right. At least. We'll catch yeah. you next week, guys. <laughs>